Hello and welcome to 20 Tim Minutes, a podcast that focuses on mental health in a serious but yet humorous way. Listen as I interview a wide variety of guests where we show our support as well as sharing our own personal struggles and stories with mental health. I am your host, Tim McCarthy, and now it's time to talk about it. Hey, what's going on, everybody? You're tuning into another episode of 20 Tim Minutes. I am your host, Tim McCarthy. Today, we have on a podcaster, speaker, author, and coach for business owners and leaders, Kelsey Kenry. How are you? I'm amazing. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. That's uh, That always gets me happy when people ask me how I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important, especially when you're like used to asking everybody else how they're doing first, right? Exactly. Exactly. So you reverse it on me with the question asking. So I love it. Always. That's in my blood. So I ask this for all my guests. Uh, first off, what does mental health mean to you? Mm. Uh, when I think about mental health, it's it's very close to my heart because of my story, which I'm sure we'll get deeper into. But I think about the word health and what that means. And I think that health just as a whole is, you know, balance and having a good relationship. And so mental health is so much to me about having a good relationship with yourself, being able to navigate through hard emotions, being able to have good coping skills, and not necessarily, uh, I think there's a lot of like toxic positivity that's like, if you are healthy mentally, that means you're positive all the time. I don't believe that. I believe that mental health and being in a healthy mental space is having tools to be able to navigate all the stuff that life throws at you and keep going, really. Toxic positivity. That's a great uh, topic to bring up. Can you explain that a little bit more from your side? So I think that there, I think that this is interesting topic because so many people mean well, right? It's like, if you just think positive, then everything will be positive. And truly like with a lot of my clients, I work with like, uh, breaking patterns and overcoming and kind of like rewiring the way that you think and the way that you move in the world. But I also think that there is this like shadow side of positivity that is, um, can be a little bit like of suppression. And I believe that suppressing your emotions, not choosing to look at what's dark or what doesn't feel good, that's also not healthy. And so I think it's really our society and our culture, we love extremes, right? So it's like, everything has to be sunshine and rainbows, or you're like, fucking sad all the time. And it's like, well, really, it's in the middle, like we have, we're humans, and we have so many different emotions. And so I think, toxic positivity is like, it creates this environment of you're there's something wrong with you. If you're not positive all the time, there's something wrong with you if you're not able to reframe every single negative thought that you have. Um, and so I think that can be a little bit dangerous. I think too, this one goes with it. You might agree with me is like the hustle mentality. It's like, you got to work eight days a week, 24 hours a day. Like, I feel like you need to take breaks. You need to go to bed at like 9pm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, preach. I mean, that's, that's a, a big thing that coming from, you know, my background where I was really heavily involved in the fitness industry and started coaching in that arena. There's a lot of that, right? And there's, there's, again, there's a beautiful part of it that's like, yes, you need to develop discipline to be able to take care of yourself, but not at the expense of self-sacrifice, not at the expense of like, you're pushing yourself so hard that you're actually running yourself into the ground. Yep. And I think that applies physically and mentally, you know? 
What is your relationship with mental health? I know you have some personal issues that you're pretty open about, but what is your uh, relationship with it? Oh man, it's a, it's a, uh, I would say it is probably the priority for me, uh, really like engaging in behaviors and habits and practices, uh, for myself that keep that at the forefront, just really always having, um, awareness about like, how do I feel mentally today or where am I at? So, you know, my relationship with, with mental health is an important one. I believe that everything that I do, everything that, how I show up for my kids, how I show up for my clients, how I show up for anybody is dependent on my mental health. And so to me, it's like the first thing that I look at and the first thing that I stay connected to. Where you are now, you're doing great in life, but you had a little bit of a struggle growing up. Um, let's talk about that a little bit. How did you get from being down and out to where you are now? Oh man. Um, it was definitely a long journey. I was in a very, very dark place. And I think that everybody's it's, it's all relative. We all have our, uh, our different catalysts for change. We all have our different rock bottoms. Um, mine was ending up in jail for the third time. And it's interesting when people ask me this question, because I feel like sometimes there's this expectation of me to have this like profound answer or me to have like, here is the exact steps. And partly there are steps and I, I write about that in my book, but honestly, it really comes down to like the simplicity of like becoming resilient and literally just putting one foot in front of the other. Like just in the beginning, it was like, just getting out of bed was enough, you know? And so I think sometimes we are, as people, we want like this great, big, shiny thing. And we forget about how like the simple steps really do matter. And so that's really what brought me to every like next evolution, every change that I've had, all the growth that I've created is like, just continuing to show up. What kept you motivated? Like what did like, you get arrested three times and you're like, you know what? It's uh, it's time to fix this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be honest with you, this is another maybe unpopular opinion that I have. I don't, uh, I don't believe necessarily that motivation needs to be our driver. I think that too many people rely on motivation to be able to move. And if I would have relied on motivation to move, I wouldn't have gotten very far because there's no single person that is always motivated. It's just not realistic. And so having that expectation that you need motivation to move, I think can stop a lot of people. So I didn't stay motivated. What I did is I had this hope. I had hope that there was something bigger. I had hope that there was something that could be different. I had hope that I could live differently and be different. I didn't know what that looked like, but that's really what it was for me is I just, part of me knew, especially being in that jail cell, that I was meant for something more. And I just trusted that. And I just followed that. So did you have a moment where you were like, fuck, I need to, I need to fix this moment. Was the third arrest? That was it. You were like, okay, this is it. Yes. Yes. That was it. It was the moment that I woke up in. Um, I was in the medical unit inside the county jail. So I had been put in there because I I told them that I was going to commit suicide if they arrested me. Um, and so I woke up in 
that medical unit. These are like just such vivid memories that I still have. I'm wearing like the, the turtle shell suit. Um, I'm, I have the plastic like mat on the floor. Um, I had contacts at the time and they were so foggy from me crying mm. and I got up and, you know, there's these like shitty sinks and there's this like rusted mirror that's like all distorted. And I just like, there was this moment where I met my eyes in the mirror. And I think that's where like I connected with that hope. It was just like, you're not meant to be here. There is something more. And so that was the moment where it was like, I, I made a very conscious choice of I'm going, if I continue on the path that I'm on, I'm not going to live. And so I want to choose a different path. I want to try something else. I believe there's something else. So that was definitely the most, the most pivotal moment that a lot of hard things followed that, but that was the moment when everything changed. As a listener, I feel like people would want to know this answer and I'd be amiss not to ask it. And you don't have to, if you don't want to, what were you arrested for those three times? Yeah, of course. So the first time that I was arrested, this is sort of funny if this can be a funny thing. (laughs) I had a written arrest for urination in public. So part of my behaviors were very self-destructive, a lot of self-sabotage, a lot of drinking, drugs, sex, just, I hated myself really. And so everything that I did reflected that. And so um, I got a written arrest for urination in public. I got community service for that. I did not do my community service. And so they picked me up on a warrant. Um, So that was the first time. The second time was a DUI. And the third time was a DUI and a felony drug charge. Um, And I think the, the, that, that felony, that was scary for me too. And so that was a little bit of like a, like, what the fuck are you doing moment too. Yeah. What would you tell yourself uh, that you know now? What would you tell your younger self? Mm. Depends on when, I think. (laughs) So let's say second arrest. Oh, man. (laughs) I have a hard time with this question because knowing what I know now, I know, like I had to walk through that to get where I am. So I have a really, like, I have zero regrets. I have zero guilt or shame around my story. I own it like so fully because I believe in the power of my story. And I've seen the power of how it helps other people change and gives other people hope. So it's hard. I think that, I think it, I really don't know how to answer that question because I think the cliche answer would be like to say something that would steer my path differently, but I don't know that I would want to steer my path differently. You can tell you're a different type of person because you don't have the cliche answer. So that's actually pretty good. That's pretty cool of you. Hmm. Thanks. Thanks. (laughs) So you're also a coach for business owners and leaders. What does that entail exactly? Yeah. So it's, it's very interesting because my, uh, coaching evolution has been this natural, like beautiful journey and progression. I started in, uh, in the fitness arena because when I made this change in my life, I, uh, first really addressed my mental health. I got a life coach. I went to therapy and I was just like, all right, I know that if I'm going to have to change, I'm going to have to be a different person. I'm going to create a no, new identity. I'm going to have to shed all this shit that's not serving me. And so pretty shortly after I had felt some changes mentally, 
I had never really built a good relationship with my body or movement. I was kind of just always in and out. I was never an athlete, never played any sports. I'm super, super uncoordinated. I feel so bad for my husband who taught me how to power lift because mm. uh, God help him. I mean, it was embarrassing. <laughs> But I, uh, so I fell in love with fitness and what's interesting about that is that the core of what I love has remained the same, regardless of like what hat or title I'm wearing. And that is that I fell in love with transforming people. I fell in love with being able to help facilitate change and help people to live differently. So that started in the fitness industry. And I was like, this is so much bigger than, than bodies to me. This is about changing your life. And, um, that kind of fell into like life coaching. And then because I had been in business and built a successful business, then people are asking me strategical questions about business. So now I have this beautiful mesh of like life coaching and business coaching where I work with a lot of really powerful women um, that are struggling on the inside and maybe still have to be perceived a certain way. And I help them to continue to grow. And what I know about my clients is they really care about their legacies. And I think that a lot of times we do that through the pathway of our business. And so to be able to help them continue to craft something bigger, greater, more on the business side while also changing who they are and how they operate and how they show up in the world. So it's interesting because it's not, uh, there was a, for a long time and especially with social media, there's this push of like, you can only be one thing or like, you need to have like your, I help statement. That's like very clear and you need to solve one problem. And for a lot of time, like I always felt resistance against that because I'm like, I know myself and you could put me in a room with anybody and I can fucking help them. I know that about me. And so I've just created this like different kind of business to where I'm like, I own all of my titles. I have a lot of different things that I do in a lot of areas that I work with in people and people dig it and people understand the transformation that comes with that. So yeah, it's really, really beautiful. How does it feel when you transfer somebody though? Oh man, this is interesting because I'm literally just coming off. I just ran my first in-person retreat and I got to lead and facilitate this retreat for 11 women here in Florida. And I watched them come in as one woman and leave as another. And I just, it was, and still is like so emotional for me to, to recognize like, and, and be a part of that. Just knowing like you held their hand through that, like you helped them with that and to see the way that like I'm watching now and always watch my clients and like, again, like how they move in the world, how they show up with the actions that they're taking, how they're speaking, the way that they hold themselves. And I'm like, holy fuck, it's a different person. Like it's so, I'm very big on like, we all have potential that's untouched, that's unreached, that's covered up by a bunch of shit, usually fear. And to be able to peel back those things and watch who these people can become, like, I, I truly don't think there's a word good enough to express what that feels like. What are some struggles you see as being a coach, though? Is there any, like, like hurdles you have or you just go in, you're like, I'm, I'm killing it every time? Uh, I am a human. 
So I, I think that probably my biggest struggle, like being completely transparent and open is that I, um, I really, really love my people. And so sometimes that's can be at the expense of my own emotions. Like I get very deep with my clients and, um, it can be emotional for me, you know, because I, I'm such an empath. I feel what they're feeling. And so I have to really be careful about that and just make sure that I am taking care of myself and that I'm honoring my own emotions and giving myself what I need. Um, so that's, I think, and that's something that I, that I, as somebody who knows the legacy that I want to leave behind, I don't think that's something that I'll ever be able to cut, like completely close off just because I really fucking care about people. Like I really, really care. And so sometimes that can be, you know, like I said, at at my own expense. My next question, you already answered it, but I'm going to ask it anyway, and I'm going to answer it for you. What motivates you? But I know you just like helping people and that's what keeps you motivated. Is that right? Yeah. You know, I think there's, there is an element of this that is legacy driven. I think a lot of people here would, would lean into, uh, like what they do for other people. But I also think it's okay for, to, for us to say, like, I'm doing this for myself too. I think about like at the end of my days, this may sound kind of morbid, but like at the end of my days, what, what do I want to have regrets? Like, I don't want to regret anything. I want to feel like I tried everything. I want to feel like I showed up even when I was scared. I want to feel like that, you know, I created a wonderful life for my family and myself and my kids. And so I think that I am really driven and motivated by what I want to create in this world and what I want to leave behind. Before we get into your podcast, I'm going to steal a, steal a topic that you just talked about. And I saw how important is vulnerability? Oh, the most, (laughs) the most, the most. It's very interesting because I'm giving a keynote um, to a a company that came to me that really wanted to um, have a better work culture and create more connection with their team. And vulnerability, I think there's this view of it that it's like opening and like oversharing and it's really not that. What I know about vulnerability is that as people, we have one like core, like if we have to pick one thing, our core desire is to feel like seen and heard and understood and connected with. Like that's really what any person wants. And the only way to do that is with vulnerability. And so I think that it is the most important skill to build. And it is a skill. And what I think it's not is I don't think that it's oversharing for sympathy. Um, I, I believe that it's just allowing yourself to be seen so that people can connect with you. And that is it, it truly connected to your happiness. See, I did my research. I looked up the podcast. <laughs> Let's talk about the podcast right now. What's the name of it? What's yeah. it about? Oh my gosh. I love my podcast. My podcast has been reinvented too. Like this is what I like totally love it and own too, is I'm like, I'm growing. And so this is going to change. Um, <clears throat> so my podcast now is called Savage and it's kind of like, it's a funny name, but it's very serious because I'm very straightforward as you can tell. And I don't bullshit people. And I think Part of the reason why people see such good results in whatever experience they take with me 
is because I'm unafraid to say the things that other people would be afraid to say. Yep. And I think that sometimes when people are met with resistance or challenge, um, they would shrink. And like, I rise to that. I'm like, let's talk about that then. Let me, I see your resistance. I feel that. So the podcast is, is really interesting because it's a great mesh of um, like strategical things to do if for your, your personal or your business development. But then it's also at the core of everything. And this is really why my business is what it is. When I'm working with business owners and they're like, I want to, you know, grow my revenue. I'm like, beautiful. Let's do that. We can put offers together. We can launch things. We can put stuff out in the world. But every single time, no matter what the strategy is, no matter what the steps you, you lay out to what execute on whatever goal, you will continue to be met with some sort of resistance, which is usually fear-based. And so there's always like the peeling back of layers. It's like, you're not going to reach whatever the goal is if you don't look at this other area. So it's like, you can't have, I don't believe you can have business development without personal development. And so it's a lot of, it's a mesh of those two things and kind of saying, you know, as a whole, if you want to grow, you got to look behind these doors and you got to be willing to to talk about these things. But there's also some great episodes that are very straightforward, um, like email marketing strategy and just, just pieces that are important for any business too. And you have different guests on as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I play with like having some guests on and I love, love having my clients on because I work with such brilliant women. That's pretty cool. I I love being able to pick their brains too, and just let them bring their expertise to the table. So another uh, feather in your cap is you're an author as well. So you have a book. Let's talk about the book. There's so many things you do. I don't know. And you go to bed early, you go to bed at 9 PM and you do all this stuff in that little small window. Like that's impressive. My time management skills, I have to say, are pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty another good. that's another thing you got to teach some people. So I think I might have to take a class on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. It, one of the things that I think is really helpful, just before I get into the book, in that is that I've always I, I've developed the mindset of like, how can I? And so it's such a simple shift because. A lot of times we have something that we want to do and instantly we're met with like that resistance that, oh, I don't have enough time. And really it's, it's all fear-based. So I've really developed the mindset of how can I? So I want to write a book. How can I? So for me, even the process of writing my book was different. I did it talk to text um, so that I could, and, and I literally wrote it. I, I remember like blocking off times in my calendar. I think I did like 30 minutes at a time and that's what I could give. And I think it's just like, I don't have enormous amounts of time. I have three small kids and it was like, okay, well, how can I, in my current atmosphere, how can I? Um, so yeah, I wrote a book. I think it was, I can't remember if it was 2019 or th- I think it was 2020. I wrote my book actually. Um, And it was really, I think more for me than anybody else. I think it's helped a lot of people. It was an Amazon bestseller. It was like all sorts of cool things, but it was just kind of like the unveiling of my story, like for real, for real. (laughs) So you can get that on Amazon? Yeah. Yeah. It's called Below the Surface. Ooh, very nice. Uh, Let's uh, wrap it up a little bit. I like to ask this as well. What does a mental health day look like for you? If you have time, what's your time management on a mental health day for you? My time management is good on this. So uh, it's interesting because I don't, um, 
like a whole day obviously is difficult with three small kids, but my, my mental health, I start every morning, um, alone. Um, so I get up at 5am, I journal, I do affirmations, I'll do visualization. Um, and then from there I move into my physical movement and training before my kids get up. So there's that piece. That's just a habit that I have that I think is really important but my my mental health and prioritizing that as far as like a whole day it really depends on the season that I'm in because some people there's like this self-care needs to look a certain way and it's like I, I've told a lot of my clients I'm like if you if sitting still doesn't feel good to you and it's not fear-based then find something else to, that fills your cup so for me, I love travel. I love adventure. I love trying new things, experiences. Um, my husband and I are huge foodies. So being able to travel and eat food. So I think it just really depends on what season I'm in. Where do you like to travel? Which are, what are your favorite destinations? Oh, so our favorite, I think, is Brooklyn. Because, I mean, the food scene is incredible. Our middle daughter, we actually named her Brooklyn because that's oh. our favorite food city. So, but we've been some really good places. Um, Toronto is fantastic. Um, freaking Minneapolis and the state fair there is amazing. I'm from Texas too. So in the food there is incredible. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, those are like, I would think that you would have different answers for that, but like Minneapolis, that's like a funny answer to me. Cause I would have never guessed that, but what do they have? Like a great fair. They have a great state fair and they have a lot of really good food. That's pretty like diverse up there. Um, but yeah, we had some really, really good food when we went up there. Toronto's underrated as well. I went to Toronto once and they had some good food up there. Oh yeah. It was awesome. And we stayed in like this super, yeah, Toronto's super cool. Definitely a place I would love to go back to. Now this is one of my hardest questions and I went over it before this. So I want to make sure you have an answer, but think of like this, you're uh, a professional wrestler. What would your theme song be? God, I feel like I could take this so many different directions. I know you're very surprised by that answer because it's like, what <laughs> what hat am I wearing? Yes, but exactly. Really, <laughs> really um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my favorite song of all time, which I actually have some of the music notes from tattooed on me. Um, it's Mariah Carey's "Hero." I know that song. My sister's a yes. huge Mariah Carey fan, so I know that. I love I love her too. Um, and I think the reason why is because in that song, it's about finding the hero within yourself. And as people, we are so used to like looking externally for validation and so disconnected from ourselves that we don't even see our potential. So I think that would be, that's the song. We're going to go with that one. Are you having trouble with that? And you have a tattooed on you? How did you not think that was going to be your theme song? I, I, because again, I go to, well, there's also this part of me, like I just was running on the Peloton this morning. Shout out to Peloton. I should probably work for them because I'm obsessed. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> I was running on the Peloton this morning and surprisingly, uh, Christina Aguilera's, uh, fighter came on and I was like getting down. I'm like, I didn't even know that I like this song, but it's like when you're in the moment and you're like in a run and I'm like, fuck, this sucks. <laughs> and I'm just trying to listen to the lyrics. And I'm like, this is actually really good. So I think there's that part of me that is like this, like resilient, like fierce, bold fighter. But then I also have this like very soft, like I am like a healer and I really hold space for people. So sometimes that can be hard to like 
all fit together because I, I am so many things. The Peloton, though, they have songs for like your beats per minute too, like the way you ride it. So it feels like you're in a movie anyway. So like you're riding to the song. So it's like you're looking yeah. out. It's like looking out the window on a rainy day. Like the music just goes with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, there's, there's music is such a huge thing for me. I love, love music and all types of music too. Same. But, but man, when there's like 2000s hip hop runs or like trap runs, I'm, like just balls to the wall. Like, you throw on some little John, I'm running through a brick wall. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You can't not. And that's like that that era of hip hop, like and maybe I'm just old now. And maybe I'm just turning into like, you know, how our parents were like, Yeah. In my day, music <laughs> maybe yep. I'm just like I listen to rap music now and I'm like, no. Oh, except for except for, I will say, Cardi B. And Meg the Stallion, I hold a special place in my heart. I think a lot of like powerful women love Cardi B and, and Meg and the Stallion. They, they're like, cause it's they like, they don't give a fuck. Yeah. It's like down ass, like music. Yeah. That's <laughs> like that. I know, I know what you're saying. I know a lot of women that are, that are the same way with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, and that's the thing is like, there's so much beauty. And that's what I tell a lot of clients is like, so many people are afraid of like being big and like being too loud or whatever. And I'm like, when you do that, I was having this conversation with a client yesterday. We were talking about like raising her prices for her business. And I'm like, what I, I hear the perspective of like, we are so scared as women to like leave people behind. But I'm like, when you rise, like you invite people to rise when you're bigger, like you're lighting the path for other people to do the same. And it's just such a perspective that has helped me as somebody who's like, I want to save the whole world. But I'm like, you know, it, when you rise, when you choose yourself, when you do speak boldly and loudly, and even if you're afraid, you invite other people to do the same. Exactly. Let's end with this. What are three things you're grateful for today? Mm, so good. I love practicing gratitude. Um, I would say number one is my marriage. Like I, I've definitely 10 years, right? Yes. We just, we just celebrated 10 years. Research, research this guy. Yes. (laughs) So good. So good. Yeah. October the 20th, we just celebrated, um, 10 years and he's my best friend, man. Like we, he's the best. He is the best. And we've been through so much and, uh, yeah, so I'm really grateful for him and like the way that we work together in partnership, um, and the family that we've built, like we've had so many businesses and we have three little kids and like, we just are still best friends. And that is incredible to me. Um, my business, you know, being able to do what I do, being able to touch people in, in different ways and work with people and walk alongside people. That's something that I like never lose sight of. It's such a privilege. It is such a privilege truly. Um, and then, you know, my children, because they are my greatest teachers, each of them. I learn from every single day, especially my oldest, you know, first kid. It's like, what am I doing? I have no idea. And so he's probably my hardest, but I also am like, it's the best because he teaches me and reflects back to me areas that I still need to work in. So yeah, it's, it's being a mom is, is really hard, but also really, really cool. Phenomenal three. I like it. Now, where can everyone find you on the internets? 
Um, so you can go to my website, which was current, like just recently redone. So that's pretty beautiful over there. KelseyKenry.com. If you want to like talk and hang out, I would say Instagram, um, which is Kelsey Marie Kenry. I actually have two Instagrams. One's more personal. I had that for like 10 years and I couldn't let it go. Mm -hmm. Um, but Kelsey Marie Kenry is my, is my Instagram where I'm primarily on now. And that's where I really connect with my people and, and have conversations and things like that. Kelsey Kenry, thank you so much for coming on. I had a lot of fun today. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's another episode of 2010 Minutes. Let's break the stigma by cracking a smile. I will see you soon. podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. If you are feeling suicidal, please dial 911.